Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Torah Shack podcast. You know what I'm about to say and you want to click forward the 30 seconds to stop hearing me saying it, but I'm asking you not to. We rely on you. The Torah Shack has no ads, no sponsors. Only with the support of our listeners can we keep the conversations going. So if you like what we do, if you get something out of it, please, I'm asking you to click the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. It is at the top of the podcast that you're listening to right now. It isn't a one-way street. You get a ton of additional content as well as all of our podcasts entirely plea-free. But much more importantly, you will be helping keeping this progressive, left-leaning podcast platform going. So whether it's Reboot Republic, Shrapnel, Glow West, Policed, or indeed the brand new Palcast, One World, One Struggle with Dr. Yusuf Al-Jamal, they're all in one consolidated feed and you don't have to listen to me beg. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoiseshack. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn. I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Fatin Al-Tamimi, who is the director of the Ireland-Palestine Solidarity Campaign. She is a long-time human rights activist. She has a Palestinian and Irish photographer, um, and she is, as I said, the director of the Ireland-Palestine Solidarity Campaign. Fatin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Fatin, maybe you could just outline in terms of, you know, your own... Um, you know, connections in Gaza, in Palestine. What is the situation that you know at the moment? Uh, I'm Palestinian, as you said. My father from Hebron, my mother from Gaza. So I have extended family in uh, in Palestine. Uh, I have my sister in Gaza at the moment uh, with uh, her family, so nieces and nephews, who, who some of them I've never met because of the siege. And uh, I have uh, uh, uncles and aunts in Gaza, on my mother's side of the family in Gaza, and my father's side of the family in Hebron, uh, which uh, both are in horrible situation at the moment, uh, the darkest days of their lives. Yeah. And how are you coping it through it yourself? It's very, very very difficult and the the past few weeks this is more than 43 days now uh, horrible with what's happening in uh, the genocide is happening in Gaza uh, uh, it's uh, a war of uh, extermination and ethnic cleansing uh, against my people in Palestine uh, by uh, apartheid criminal Israel uh, just to, to to note that today is the the world's child why the world's child day yeah and uh, barbaric israel have killed 5000 children in gaza 5000 souls with beautiful names beautiful faces with their stories families dreams ambitious and all israel has killed them there are two th- 200 children as well in Israeli jails in the occupied West Bank. So, and of course, with the, the war, Israel 
launched the recent war uh, on Gaza. We've been uh, under, we faced many, many uh, attacks, uh, assaults in Gaza, especially. Uh, but this is the worst because Israel's from the start, from the 7th of uh, October, uh, launched a war against people of Gaza, a war of extermination, of ethnic cleansing. And of course, that it's a continuation uh, for the last 75 years since the establishment uh, of the State of Israel in 1948. Uh, and maybe you could take us back a little bit in terms of that history, because so much of the public narrative and discussion in the media is about October 7th and that, you know, the war started. Whereas maybe you could take back for listeners, not everybody would be familiar with the history of Palestine, Israel, and maybe you could explain it, please. Uh, of course, uh, clearly it didn't start on the 7th of October uh, 2023. It started uh, 75 years uh, before that uh, and even more. Uh, clearly, that is a genocidal campaign uh, tended to complete the Nakba, which started in 1947 when uh, Israel ethnically cleansed 750,000 Palestinians from their homes, forcibly removed uh, and made refugees uh, around the neighboring countries and within Palestine itself, uh, making the Palestinians the biggest uh, a refugee population in the world. More than 6 million Palestinian refugees are uh, uh, refugees around uh, the neighboring countries in Syria, in Lebanon, in 50% uh, uh, of Gaza's population are uh, refugees, were made refugees in 1948. And uh, now they are made refugees again because of this war uh, uh, targeted them uh, since uh, the 8th of October. Uh, and uh, the Gaza people, of course, uh, have been under siege for the past 16 years. Uh, that means they have no, uh, they're living in a big ghetto, the hugest ghetto on earth. Uh, they can't go out, nobody can go in. Uh, very few uh, uh, electricity. Uh, uh, and nowadays, of course, since uh, October this year, uh, there is nearly no electricity whatsoever. And they were made refugees, of course, on this uh, attack, the latest attack, the latest war uh, Gaza is witnessing. Uh, all my family have been made refugees because they had all to flee their homes from the Gaza city, uh, north area of city, uh, north uh, of Gaza as well. All uh, were forcibly removed and asked to leave to the south part of Gaza for yeah. a safer area, but yeah. there is no safe place in, uh, in Gaza. And many, many people were killed uh, bombed while they're on the way from uh, the north to the south of Gaza. Uh, even South Gaza, they're still bombing uh, uh, people, uh, still bombing homes and schools and hospitals and bakeries. So 
people are living their situation at the moment. Uh, they have no shelters, uh, no food, uh, no bread, especially uh, because of the bakeries were all bombed. And there's no fuel to run them. Uh, very few little communications with, with them as well. So we can't communicate with my sister every day to know if they're good or not. And you can imagine if they, if we lost communication, that means we can't sleep, we can't live because we'll be dead worried about them, sick worried. Are they alive? Are they asleep? Why they're not answering? Why there's no communication? It's, uh, it's beyond, uh, beyond dreadful, beyond. And the little details Maybe there is no time now to talk about the details, but every little details they tell us, the, their testimonies, it's, it's unbelievable, unbearable. Maybe, you know, do share some of those. No, it's important. Uh, for example, like uh, clean water. There's no water. Uh, few, like uh, a week of these, since my sister, for example, let's talk about my sister. Yeah. She left her home. Uh, about a month ago, uh, they were asked and they were feared for their safety, for their life, of course. So they had to leave because the Israel were bombing the whole area, destroying homes and scaring people. So they had to leave for the safety of their children and their grandchildren. Yeah. Uh, because people love life. and yeah. Like anybody that will be frightened to die. So they moved, left their home. Uh, thinking that they'd go back after three, four days or so. So they, mm. they couldn't take everything with them. Uh, they locked their house and then left. So uh, they had to go. Uh, my sister was lucky enough because it was a bit early uh, uh, at, that, at this stage. Yeah. So they had a taxi to, to take them to the southern side of Gaza. And they found a shelter in the Red Crescent. But many, many, many friends and families, they wouldn't, they couldn't find any shelters. So they live in tents or with other people. So my sister, uh, in this case, she lives with uh, 14 of her family in uh, one or two room shared rooms. Yeah. Uh, the toilets, uh, it's all shared toilets with no electricity, no water. So you can imagine hygiene. Yeah. There's no tissue. There's no water. They can't shower. Children, these little details like the cat, they had a pet cat with them, uh, yeah. uh, has been years with them, so they they couldn't leave the cat behind, so they took the cat with them. And the uh, cat, of course, was very scared, terrified, and, mm. and uh, the cat can't leave the room because they're, they're sharing the school, of course. They, they are in a school. Yeah. And... Uh, People can open the door anytime in them, so there's no privacy. It's many, many details. The bread, for example, they couldn't. She, she had. She'll go out to to get to look for bread. Uh, so she used to go to the bakery beside uh, beside the school they are in. It's about twenty minutes walk. Uh, she queue for four hours, five hours, sometimes seven hours, to to get a uh, few few kilos or two kilos, maybe two, just enough for 10 people, uh, bread for 10 people. Uh, the, then one of the weeks as well, she couldn't, or one of these days, she 
she went to the bakery, she found it locked, so she they didn't have bread for three days. And then uh, somebody told them that there is another bakery a bit of a distance, so they need to drive. Of course, they don't have fuel to run the car to go to yeah. drive. So they uh, uh, they took a, a donkey carriage. Yeah. Uh, she, they hired it from somebody. So he took them, uh, to, uh, herself and her son-in-law, to go to the bakery, which is far away. So she it took her seven hours uh, back and uh, to go back to go and get the, the bread back. And she couldn't find any actually that day. She just found uh, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know, like tortilla bread, very yes, very yeah, thin yeah, ones, yeah. and she got few, just maybe few, six, seven uh, uh, wraps. And, for, uh, 14, for fourteen, for fourteen people. people. Uh, that she has three children and uh, three grandchildren in that yeah. room with her. With her, yeah, and, and her mother-in-law as well. Yeah, and and it must be just so terrifying because of being told is you know to move south and now the israelis are bombing the south as well of course it's uh, my my nieces and nephews witnessed four wars four wars in gaza uh, my my niece uh, in the second war she lost uh, or I shouldn't say war sorry it's an attack it's an assault it's a barbaric assault on the Palestinian people by Israel. Yeah, uh, she lost two of her uh, school friends because the the assault started. They started bombing without any warning. The children were coming back from school at that time, and she she lost two of her uh, uh, school friends. Uh, she was lucky to be to miss them. Like you know, yeah, a minute maybe away. She looked and they're gone. Uh, the following war in 2014, she lost uh, two teachers, two of her teachers as well. And uh, my mother lost many of her cousins this war and the previous war. This attack on, on the previous attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's such loss, such grief. It just... It's... it's um, it's horrible loss because these are humans, you know. Yeah. There are, these are people with memories, dreams, stories, everything. Like I was talking to my sister today, uh, and I was asking her about uh, some orphans we look after in Gaza, and uh, she said I can't get their numbers because I left my booklet small booklet with the numbers in my drawer yeah and i thought i'm gonna go back after a few days to get them but now i don't have my book with me so i i can't contact them i don't know if they're still alive i don't know how can we help them so it's, uh... and, and do you talk to your sister most days I talk to her a few times a day <laughs> if I can manage, if I can yeah. manage. But uh, last week, I couldn't uh, contact her for four days. Oh, my God. Four days, uh, we couldn't contact her at all because there were no communication. Even now, it's it's really hard. 
So we have to keep calling, you know, keep calling. You'll not get her this time, but you'll get her maybe the 10th time or 12th time or after a few hours or you might not get her at all. But yeah, I try as as best as much as I can to don't contact. And how are her spirits? How is she? Is she? How, yeah. How is uh -huh. she coping? You know, the, the Palestinian people are remarkable people. I can't believe how their resilience is so strong. I am oh, Palestinian, wow. but but they are different back home. Yeah. Um, In what way? They're, they're so strong and like, I'll be crying on the phone because if I can't contact her and then I get hear her voice, I'll be yeah. so so emotional and so upset about, I couldn't hear her voice for a few hours or a few days, but she'd be, I'm fine, what's wrong with you? Why you sounded like that? Are you, are you okay? How are your children? <laughs> how are, I said, you don't ask me about me, I'll ask <laughs> you. What? Yeah. How yeah. are you living, you know? Yeah. So then they're, they're they're okay, I guess. They're they're you know, sometimes you'll 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 hear their coping, but many times you'll hear her voice is is how to describe it, like uh struggling, you know. Yeah. Struggling. Especially if there's no water. One night she called me and she was very upset because she couldn't use the toilet. I know it's it is silly thing to us, but it's it's because I think we're too privileged. We don't yeah. think about these little things how they mm. they are so important yeah. to people because we've never missed them. We're we live in luxury here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, when they can't find something to heat a cup of coffee or have a coffee even. You know, these little things, it's it's really important. We don't think of them, but if you lose them, uh, I think it's, it's big time. And what what is she, is she thinking in terms of a week, two weeks from now, three weeks? Where does she think she'll be? What's... They thought it's only five, four days, but it's been more than a month now. And uh, with the weather as well changing, it's colder. Uh, yesterday it was raining. So the place they are in, and it's not in a great, great situation. It's, it's not a great, uh, what do you call it? Um, so water started dripping on them. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's not well maintained. It's an old yeah. school, actually. And uh, so they have only four mattresses to sleep uh, on them, and one of them is wet, and they try try to get it dry, but it's uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. And uh, the what's really with all this, we we have on top of it how the the media is not. Uh, the media is biased and racist yeah. in the Western, uh, uh, the Western media in general, uh, mainstream media. I'm talking, of course, and uh, how just the international little, yeah. community. Yeah, just talk a little bit about that in terms of that racism and bias in the media. Because well, since this since this uh, new thing started, 
in uh, October, uh, you all what you hear is the Israeli side of the story, yeah. uh, which is all lies, lies, and not giving the Palestinian any any side of the story. They're not listening to us. They are dehumanizing us. Um, uh, that you feel, I, I totally believe or think that the the Western media has blood on their hands because of the way they are treating the Palestinian people, out and the way they are betraying the Palestinian people by uh, um, uh, amplifying and echoing what uh, the the criminal apartheid Israel lies. You know. Uh, Look at the lies now about the uh, that uh, rave what happened uh, on the seventh of October. It, if yeah. you heard, if you saw the media two days ago, the Israeli uh, media that were saying that uh, the Israeli main media uh, they're saying how it's all lies and these all these civilians Israeli civilians were killed by the Israeli uh, fire. Yeah. So it's not even uh, Hamas. Uh, so, but they never, w whenever they interview somebody, a Palestinian, they will ask them to condemn Hamas and they will ask them about how uh, the, the, the Israeli civilians, but as if we are not humans. Like, yeah. they're totally dehumanized the Palestinian people by. Uh, by doing so, and they make an our death is so normal, and uh, the numbers they give about uh, our deaths, it's, it's like uh, it's not justified and so not normalized, and our grief is meaningless, and they, in that way, uh, yeah, yeah, and it really it, it's it's horrific to watch the way in which that dehumanizing is going on and, and and the idea that in somehow one child being killed like the the fact that one child is killed as somehow um you know accepted collateral damage or accepted you know mm. shouldn't should be wrong but as you say 5000 5000 children 5000 beautiful souls as you say each one of them with with dreams and with families, brothers and sisters, and dreams and ambitions and it, laughter. It is absolutely that dehumanizing and, and that the argument that somehow, you know, this bombing and is somehow acceptable as, as killing all these people because they're claiming they'll get at Hamas. And like it's breaking international like law. It is, you know, oh, you, absolutely. Israel systematically. Uh, target Palestinians and uh, kills them and uh, arrest them and look at the prisoners, the pr Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails as well. It's a very important issue uh, uh, which they're facing the worst their days ever. I think three Palestinian prisoners uh, died uh, recently with from torture and negligence by Israelis because they're using uh, the, the people, all the eyes are towards Gaza, so they yeah. they started targeting these Palestinian prisoners. 
There are uh, 7,000 prisoners uh, in uh, Israeli jails, 7,000 Palestinian prisoners, 200 of them children, and I think 67 um, uh, Palestinian women in Israeli jails. And of course, uh, the West Bank is uh, is really bad as well. Uh, more than 200 uh, Palestinians were murdered uh, since the 7th of October in uh, the West Bank. Uh, the bombing of Jenin, the, uh, the, hu- the daily humiliation at checkpoints. Uh, today, they were targeting actually uh, a, sh- a shepherd in... Um, uh, near Al Khalil, Hebron, uh, they, the these are the illegal settlers uh, because yes. there are many many illegal settlers in the West Bank who are uh, barbaric uh, and uh, they keep attacking the Palestinian people, uh, uprooting their uh, olive trees and uh, burning their harvest and uh, uh, damage do damage to the Palestinian cars, Palestinian homes and. Uh, even uh, shoot Palestinian uh, people while at work or walking or so it's uh... and I think that that is coming out now and more and more people are becoming aware of of this you know what settlers are doing and this kind of wider violence that has been ongoing that but of course it it doesn't get away from the the bombing that's happening right now and where where do you see this going what what do you see happening what do Palestinians feel what what what's happening What's going to happen? I don't know. Until, unless the international community do something, I don't know what the Israel barbaric Israel plans is to to get rid of the Palestinian, wipe them off, like uh, the the wipe them out uh, from Gaza and uh, the West Bank, even. So that the the what we see is that the Israeli plan is to ethnically cleanse all Palestinians from Gaza. Look at what they're doing now in Gaza. So they're destroyed, yeah. destroyed the hospitals, uh, the mosques, schools, homes. So for these people who left their homes uh, recently in Gaza, okay, how are they going to go back? Yeah. How is my sister going to go back? Where are they going to go back? How can they live? There's no neighborhood. There's no house. There's no shop. There's nothing. They're all destroyed. All destroyed. So Israel plans is to completely wipe out the Gaza population. Uh, If they, some of them left over, then they can leave to Sinai uh, through the Egyptian borders go to Egypt or the West Bank uh, they keep pushing uh, the Palestinians to go to to Jordan and then Israel will have the whole map as they always planned since 1917 when uh, Belfar uh, gave the land uh, to the Jewish people yeah yeah and and it really does. It's ongoing now in terms of that ethnic cleansing that you say it's happening right now. That is, yes, that is what's happening. What's happening at the moment in Gaza is a replay of the 1948 Nakba catastrophe. 500 uh, villages were completely wiped out of the Palestinian map. And that's what are they doing now uh, in the West Bank uh, and in Gaza. 
Yeah. They are wiping out villages in the West Bank um, and annexing the land, stealing the land from the people and force them to, to move out to somewhere else. And it's what's happening in Gaza at the moment as well, destroying Gaza for people to just leave it, you know? Yeah. And it, it it's really, it's so frustrating and it's so upsetting that for those of us who believe in human rights and in the dignity of every person, that our governments are complicit and so cowardly, like we saw our own government, you know, refusing to expel the Israeli ambassador, refusing to, you know, put Israel forward for the International Criminal Court, that, you know, and and... Again, you know, the Irish government is considered at some level, you know, being better more outspoken, than better yeah. than others. But it's still, no, it's still not enough. But we have Western governments who stand over human rights and we have, it just seems at some level, human rights don't exist. No. They don't exist for the Palestinian people. I said that in one of my speeches uh, through the last few weeks, like we were, we were taught that after the World War uh, Two, that they were that the organization they have uh, new uh, rules, new laws, and human laws that protect the humanity. But they taught us that, but we can't see them. None of them. So there is no human such a thing as a human rights or respect of human rights. Uh, there is no democracy. There is no freedom speech. There is. We are all. We're not free. But the Palestinian people are. They are free. And when the Palestinian people are free, when they are free. But when Palestine is free, we'll all be free. Yeah, yeah. Palestine absolutely. will free us all. Yeah, and, and it, it has to, it has to. And in terms of the, I suppose, the protests, the movement, the campaigning that, you know, Ireland-Palestine Solidarity Campaign has been working on, and you're a director, and I've, you know, been at the protests, and I know many of our listeners would have been at the protests as well over the last few weeks. How important are those protests and, and that action that people are taking is? Oh, absolutely. First of all, I'm not the director of the oh, sorry. <laughs> I am a director. A director. Apologies. We have seven, apologies. <laughs> seven directors. I'm one of them. Uh, but I'm the vice chair at the moment. Great, <laughs> currently. great. Yeah. But, uh, uh, of course, the solidarity is uh, hugely important uh, because our collective efforts uh, would, are causing global vibration and uh, generation, gener generational change, as you, yeah. uh, we're all watching, filling the streets from all over, all around the world, in uh, in Europe, in Washington, in the Arab world, and everywhere. So with these, with these mobilizations, and then. Uh, look what we caused, this mobilization caused uh, shutting down U.S. Congress, shutting down of the Grand Central Stations. Uh, the Belgium Union workers received the hand, handling arms uh, shipment from Israel. Uh, and boy, many, many, many boy act, boycott actions here in Ireland, especially uh, with uh, all the um, uh, solidarity groups and uh, volunteers Irish uh, people solidarity is amazing. They do boycott actions in shops uh, around the, the country. So it's uh, all this is. It's really 
uh, it's really important because it is changing or shifting uh, the the narrative a little bit and the shifting the uh, the European leaders uh, which arrogantly they joined Israel and backed Israel up at the, from yeah. the start. Uh, so now we can see the shift in our even government. You see, Varadkar changed his statements recently, and uh, uh, shame on uh, Michal Martin went to to meet uh, these uh, illegal settlers and sympathize with them without sympathizing with the Palestinians in Gaza. Uh, how, what? What? How did that make you feel? Oh, I was so angry, so furious, because. Michal Martin supposedly to be a Palestinian supporter. Yeah. But him to go and visit Israel and meet Netanyahu, I don't know, I'm not sure if he met Netanyahu this time, but he, he went to the uh, the families and uh, visited them and he he was, he, he put something in Twitter about the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, had a hole in it. My family had no roof even. My people in Gaza, they have even they don't even have a roof to shelter under. Uh, and he was so worried about this Israeli with uh, an illegal settler with the hole in the wall, uh, a hole in the ceiling. It's, it's, it's unfair because he should have, okay, if he wants to go and support them, sympathize with them, okay, but you have to do the other side as well. Yeah. Why he didn't go to, to see how the people in Gaza are doing? How are many thousands, actually we said 5,000 children were murdered, but there are thousands under the rubble, we can't get them out. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are more than, uh, what's today's number, 12,000, 13,000 people yeah. uh, murdered, 13,000 souls, again, with names and families and lives and stories and it was one of the most haunting images I saw um, from the Eye on Palestine social media account was uh, a concrete, bil a building had collapsed and a child was stuck between the concrete. And, and I just, that image will, will stick with me. And, and I just, you're so, oh, so right really? to point out that, that, as they say, haven't been found. And the fact that he didn't and the fact that he went to, you know, an illegal settler and didn't, you know, talk about that either and that this is wrong and that this is, exactly. you know, this is Palestinian land and, and what, you know, settlers are doing is 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 wrong as well. It was, um, I think it, it was disappointing and the Irish media didn't really, didn't cover that he was going yeah. to an illegal settlement. No, no, they didn't. And it's illegal under international law. The Irish government wouldn't even uh, take Israel to uh, uh, international criminal court, well, although it's well documented that it is uh, committing war crimes, crimes against humanity, and many, many uh, uh, human rights organizations like B'Tselem, the Israeli one, like the Human Rights Watch, like uh, Amnesty International, they all uh, proved and acknowledged that Israel is an apartheid state. Yeah. And our government here still don't want to say that Israel is apartheid. They don't want to acknowledge it. It's, I can't understand. I can't understand with, with, with Ireland and its history and the, the, the support, the, the Irish government should listen to the people to the Irish people, how are they 
supporting Palestine? How are they standing with the Palestinian people? But uh, the government is is completely ignoring them. But yeah. that will show in the election. It Wait will, and see. Uh, we will not yeah. forget. <laughs> Wait and see. I think, but hopefully it'll, it will get more change sooner because I know that the the opposition parties will continue to put forward resolutions and I know the public will continue to push for it. And I was just speaking to uh, Professor Shane Darcy from um, NUI Galway today on the podcast and he was saying that another thing that Ireland could do is bring um, Israel to the International Court of Justice. And the question is, you know, I think that should become a key demand as well. Why isn't the Irish government doing that? There are concrete things it could be doing. And why the, Israel, why the Irish government can't enact the Occupied Territories Bill? Yes. Which is passed through the Senate, passed through the Dáil, and it should be enacted. And maybe not all listeners will be familiar with that. Do you want to explain briefly what that bill would do? Uh, that bill will... Uh, will not allow any produce from any illegal settlements around the world, including uh, the, the West Sahara ones. So it's not only Israel. It doesn't yeah. only target Israel. Yeah. But Israel would be one of these uh, illegal settlements. Uh, so it's naturally easy to do. They are illegal. These settlements are illegal under international law anyway. So naturally, it will be illegal to uh, get their produce. So it's no big issue. But our government is not willing to to enact this act. Yeah. And you've you've been very active, you know, and, and the Ireland Palestine Solidarity Campaign is around the concept and idea and, and promoting the idea of boycotting and, and we do there's an international um boycott and divestment campaign. Maybe you'd again explain Absolutely, to people yeah. um, what and, they could uh, do around that. Because of the international community failed the Palestinian miserably, uh, in two thousand and five the civil society in Palestine uh, uh, all civil society organization, they uh, inspired by uh, the South Africa uh, way of ending apartheid. So they created the uh, group called Boycott, Divestment and Sanction, a BDS movement, which is a very simple and clear uh, message is to boycott Israel all uh, boycotted uh, in um, uh, the supermarkets, for example, all the, the, the things we can buy from the supermarket, for example, and boycott academically. Uh, there is an artist pledge. We have more than, uh, I can't remember the number, that sounds so bad, uh, yeah, more than five. More one, more than a thousand uh, artists who are pledged not to uh, play in Israel. Uh, we have the academic boycott, of course, and uh, then this is the boycott. Then the uh, the boycott divestment. Divestment is to ask companies to divest from Israel, like AXA Insurance Company, for example, like. Uh, uh, we had a successful one years ago, which is the CRH, the CRH company, a cement company here in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, we um, we lobbied them for years until they divested. So 
uh, and then the sanction is for the government uh, to sanction Israel for their war crimes. So the Borka divestment and sanction uh, aim is to for freedom, justice, and equality, and the right to return to all Palestinians. Easy, simple way to do, and it's peaceful way of uh, protesting and solidarity with, to show solidarity with Palestine. Yeah, no, and I think it's so important that that people do and and find out more about that and get involved with it. It is is oh, absolutely. Our website www.ipsc.ie. You'll have all the information you need about the pledges, about the uh, the boycott, about the the whole campaign, the BDS campaign. Yeah. Well, listen, Fatin. I know that um, all our listeners and all the Irish public are with the people of Palestine and will continue to support the protests and will continue to pressure our government to do so much more um, in the little way we can to try and stop this ethnic cleansing, genocide. Um, and as you say, Palestine will be free and the Palestinian people will be free. And we'll all be free then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for joining me today on Reboot Republic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rog. Thank you. Mind yourself. And and you too. And just to say, Fatin will be speaking at the Frederick Douglass um, Festival this weekend, this coming weekend in Wexford, um, the Friday evening, November 24th, if people want to check that out. And uh, thank you so much to Fatin for giving her time this evening. And um, to all our listeners, I know you're very much uh, involved and active. And if you can, please do do what you can. Um, and thank you so much for uh, following us, for being supportive. And we will talk to you all very, very soon. 